Welcome to KC Corner, episode 142. You've had a busy past couple days. I'm it's surprised been a, you're, you're here this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Brooks. <laughs> it's been a nice couple days. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you've had a busy Sunday, too, because of all the things you do behind the scenes at King's Chapel. So thank you very much. And Sunday was with a memorial service, very full. Mm-hmm. It's hard to call a full day playing 36 holes of golf on Monday. <laughs> but my wife was out of town seeing our grandkids, uh, which was so awesome for her. And my nephew was in town from Buffalo, so we were able to sneak out and play golf, and uh, it was fantastic. When were the second 18 holes decided? Was it on the course, or was it gearing up like you're going to play 36 holes? Well, we had talked about it. We were going to go to Mission Inn, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, we were going to go, first of all, to Orange County National and play those 36 Mm -hmm. at Mission Inn. Neither were available, but, you know, as you know, Red Tail is... Always available. Yeah, you can play uh, if you pay... Uh, it was the uh, greens fees is all you can get. So mm-hmm. we got done. And there was seven of us playing, my brother and some of his friends. So th- they went off and found a place to eat. And the young guns, mm-hmm. Caleb, my son, and Zach, my nephew, and me, which is not a young gun. But it, it was great. So yeah, <laughs> the young gun busy. for the day. Young gun for the day. And so were you sore yesterday? How were you Yeah, feeling? a little bit. Not not too bad. Okay. A little bit. You still got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks never had it, man. You can't lose it when you never had it. So anyway. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm cleared to swing a golf club now. After are you surgery, really? So Praise God. Good. That's yeah, awesome. I went, went to the range, hit some nine okay, irons, nice. some, little, some wedges and everything. Nice. I'm feeling good. I'll How'd get back out him? there soon. Oh, it felt great. That's awesome. It felt great. Yeah, good to be back out there. You know, thank the Lord how good a golfer you are at having two back surgeries, some other surgeries. Oh, yeah. You know. You're falling apart on us, Brooks. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully no, not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a serious athlete here. You are a serious athlete and a serious podcaster so speaking of podcast you know one of the things that we're doing that that i've loved is the fact that we are going through the bible together thank you for doing that and the hardest thing brooks is like okay you know usually when we read through the gospels like we're now in acts it's a little bit smaller pieces then you get to like we're in exodus and we're covering such Mm -hmm. major pieces of 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 redemptive history it's like okay let's say that in a few minutes so Mm -hmm. those of you who are listening god bless you we really do hope that this is uh beneficial we love doing it it's hard to decide oh hey do we want to talk about this or that and we we throw some things on a board actually i do uh, uh <laughs> brooks has some things in a notebook so may god bless bless this uh, episode and bless me trying to read his chicken scratch on this oh, whiteboard good luck, here man. that we're looking at good good luck <laughs> so we we started off in gospel of matthew i think that we were like uh, where we started this week and by the way if you're really following along we went from we're going to talk about february 1st through 6th mm-hmm. which in the gospel of matthew it's going to be matthew 10 21 through through, matthew the, through, 12, through, through 12 50 yeah through the whole 12 so yeah. uh and it starts off interesting where uh, Jesus says, hey, if you want to be my disciple, you got to love me more than father, mother, or anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just this priority. And there's a few things that you read in the gospel that, that are edgy. You know, there's a few things like if you don't love me more than, you know, you should basically hate your father and mother compared mm-hmm. to the way you love me. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so what is he really trying to say here? And I think, uh, you know, th- those are those are things that you really got to kind of slow down and in, in, in process. And, you know, what is he trying to say? And I think, hey, Jesus should be ultimate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there should be no like rivals. The earthly things of, you know, father and mother, spouse or anything. He still comes before all those people. And it's a blessing from him. And he's the same God who says, love your neighbors yourself. And mm-hmm. your ultimate neighbors, those who are closest to you. So he wants us to love them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there should be something, you know, it's harder because we can't see him, but. Man, that's great. And it's a little spoiler alert. I don't know where it is in the Bible coming up, but um, I think it's a woman kind of 
bowing down and praising him and saying that you'll always have the poor, but you'll only have the son of man for a little bit of time. Like what she's doing is a, is a great thing. Yeah. Paraphrasing that obviously. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, don't, don't let even serving the Lord or serving others get in the way of loving the Lord. Mm -hmm. So good translation. And then, then I love it. And we get to chapter 11. Uh, I hope you all were able to see in chapter 11 is a story of John the Baptist in prison mm-hmm. and word gets back. He asked word to get back to Jesus to say, are you the one mm-hmm. or should we be looking for another? And I, I love that story because I really can understand John the Baptist. I mean, here he is out in the desert with huge crowds, you know, preaching that, hey, repent, the kingdom of God is at, ha- at hand. And he's baptizing them for the, for the forgiveness of sins, for repentance and now he finds himself in prison, and he's got to be thinking, Brooks. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm not worthy to tie uh, my, my, my man Jesus's sandals, un, you know, untie them. But at the same time, uh, wait a minute. I'm the forerunner. Uh, I, I'm talking about Jesus. The kingdom is here. How can I be in prison? Mm-hmm. And I think that we all can relate to that. You know, hey, I'm a follower of Christ, and. You know, I mean, God is good all the time. How can I be here? I mean, mm-hmm. how how can this be God's good plan? How could this be a sovereign God's plan for my life? And and he so he gets back word to Jesus and like, are you the one, man? I mean, mm-hmm. if following you, I, I love it because it's just like, okay, I'm following Jesus and this is my life. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Am I following the wrong one? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jesus responds back beautifully. He quotes Isaiah. He goes, okay, go back and tell John, listen, the blind see, Mm -hmm. the lame leap, you know, the lepers are cleansed Mm -hmm. and the good news is preached. And, you know, you know, don't, 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 don't get sidetracked because of this, John, you Mm -hmm. know, don't get sideways here. Um, And what I love about that too, is Jesus grabs Isaiah and he grabs like, especially like Isaiah 61, one, and he's like, go tell him this is being fulfilled. And uh, that, you know, uh, this is clearly... I am the one. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps me to know that our life is going to meander in ways that you wonder, okay, I'm following Jesus and this is where we are. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, what in the world? And some of that's on our own doing. Sometimes you got to look around and say, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> I made some terrible decisions here to get me here, or this is the consequences of my own brokenness and sin. But there is going to be some times, Brooks, like, you know, you're, you're pitching. I mean, I know we go back to that a lot as a young boy. And, you know, who would have thought that was God's, you know, plan with is that you're going to have back surgery or you know, he's allowing that into your life. But it was. And uh, it's, it's a trend that continues through the New Testament. I mean, all, all of the disciples and apostles uh, seem to be imprisoned at some point or something uh, bad happens to them like that. That's for sure. And we'll even talk about it here when we get to Acts with Paul. Uh, exactly right. And then, you know, and jump into it. You know, so we continue in the Gospel of Matthew. I thought one of the interesting points also was that Jesus, uh, it's ta- he talks about the cities that had all these miracles and they weren't repentant, like, like, like uh, uh, Capernaum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he says, you know, he says toward the end of that, hey, you know, the only ones who are going to get this who have ears to hear, but he says, no one's going to understand or know the Father except for the ones who the Son chooses to reveal him. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's the Lord is the Lord of salvation. I know I'm a Reformed pastor, but I'm telling you, you read the, you read the Bible uh, and let the spirit speak, and you're going to see that the God is the God of salvation. And why are some people drawn to the gospel? Why are some running away? Well, it's got to be that power of the Holy Spirit and God's sovereign hand of providence and election. And you know, hey, 
Uh, we know the Father, Brooks, because God's will was for us to know the Father, and I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In the second half of 27 there, it says, No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Yeah, and, that, and that's pretty cool, isn't mm-hmm. it? And then right on the heels of that is that incredible passage, Come to me, all you who are weary, mm-hmm. you know? And who's not weary? I mean, weary of trying to make it home on your own, weary of being enough, weary of just trying to get through this life and... You know, what a great call. Come to me, all you who are weary. It, it sounds very much like Isaiah 55 and the same thing. Call, come anyone who's who, who's hungry, you know, thirst, and who doesn't have anything to buy anything with. He goes, I'm going to give you rest, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. How does he give us rest, Brooks? You mm-hmm. know, it's like he doesn't like he gives us warm milk and we take a nap. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's rest that he's enough when we're not. It's mm-hmm. a rest that he's getting us home when we can't. It's the rest that that we found the one who is. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's it's interesting. It's hard for us to rest there because we are always, our motors running to try to self-justify. But, you know, his yoke is easy. And I, I heard it explained that that's like his, his teaching is a yoke. A, mm-hmm. a Pharisee's teaching is a yoke. If you are following Jesus, you put on the yoke of mm-hmm. Rabbi Jesus. And he's like, hey, it's not about, it's not about you fulfilling all these rules and every jot and tittle getting it right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all that right. Follow me by grace and follow me by belief and and my burden is light. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to say, how light is it to not deny yourself and pick up your cross every day? And, you know, it's a, but there is great rest and ease there. A couple KC group sessions ago, we did the Gentle and Lowly book by Dane Ortland, I think was yeah, his name. Yeah. And that was a big thing, theme of it, of yeah. um, his Jesus's characteristics of personality being gentle and lowly, not yeah. a mighty warrior or a powerful king and or anything like that, or where he suppresses people. He's gentle and lowly and his yoke is easy. And, you know, I love that, Brooks, because he is uh, mighty and he is a great king. Mm-hmm. But but he's he's those things. He's his might is seen in gentleness mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, his kingdom is lowly enough to include knuckleheads like us. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And. You know, I think, well, let's just wrap up a little bit of Matthew, unless you got more. Just like, you know, hey, Jesus arguing with the religious folks over what's the Sabbath rules and, mm-hmm. you know, should his disciples should be eating grain and, you know, you know, on the Sabbath. And even like, should he be healing on the Sabbath, this guy with a withered hand? And um, I love how he says, hey, listen, if you if you're if you're ox falls in the uh, a hole or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, you know, your animal needs help, you're going to help him on mm-hmm. the Sabbath. You don't think we're going to help this, but. Um, yeah, it's, and it talks about his gentleness again of the, a, a bruised reed. I'm not going to break and a, mm-hmm. and a, and a, and a wick that's about to go out. I'm not going to snuff out. You know, it's, it's, it's a reminder. He's just tender and gentle. Um, and he's the Lord of the Sabbath, which is good stuff. Reminds me just of those like side arguments or conversations that have to do with like the, uh, the peripheral portions of Christianity, you know, arguing like little rules here and there, the differences between denominations. Like, yeah. can we just agree on the core part? <laughs> like stop bringing yeah. up these dumb little side arguments or anything. Yeah. I, 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 it's so good. And you know, we do have a tendency to just talk about the dumb stuff, but, um, and it's just unified in the essentials. So mm-hmm. important. Oh, so, absolutely. So true. Absolutely. Well, we can get to acts now and talking about the imprisonment, but even before then, um, uh, yeah. Them. You know, this is in Acts. It's right after the Jerusalem Council. I think we started off in 1522, which mm-hmm. uh, goes through 18. Um, and remember, folks, uh, you know, the, the, in Acts 15 is this big gathering of like, hey, should should the uh, Gentiles become Jewish to become, you know, they have to become circumcised to get in. And and then really what's going to happen from here is, hey, take the news that no, they don't. 
go tell the people that they don't have to be circumcised to be a Christian. Um, and so this starts the second missionary journey. Mm-hmm. But Brooks, one of the first places they go is to be, they go back. Oh, first of all, it's the uh, Paul and Barnabas ar- mm-hmm. argument. That was yes. pretty interesting. Huh? I know. To throw that in the Bible of just, they're arguing if Mark should come with them. Yeah. And Paul is against it. Barnabas yeah. wants Mark to come with them. And yeah. it literally says that they separate and go separate ways. Yeah. So what was that? Just, you know, you guys are on the same team here. How are you arguing just about this? And then you end up going separate ways, but the gospel gets spread in separate directions. That it, way. It's true. And, and somehow God's plan unfolds, but, and it's sad. Who do you want to be friends with? Barnabas <laughs> or Paul, by the way? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Paul seems like an eccentric kind of guy. He's uh, he's definitely out there. So I don't know. I'm not I, sure. I, I want Barnabas. Yeah. Man, because you know Paul's like I screw up. He's like oh, I get him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Paul You're Paul cut. seems like a very uh, black and white like uh, a yeah. different different personality. Yeah. Yeah. There's sure. no doubt. And and you know they say he wasn't much to look at. They they say. Uh, you know that he was. He even talks about. Yeah, I'm not my. I'm strong in my letters, but my physical appearance isn't much. But. Yeah, so Paul to me, I can't relate to. People like Peter, I can. Mm-hmm. But Paul is like, uh, yeah, get him out. He, he messed <laughs> up. He's he's a traitor. We, we, we can't take that. That's just yeah. dead weight. And, well, it's uh, like almost even a little paranoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Barnabas is like, no, nah, let's give him another chance. Man. Let's, let's, let's show grace. you know. And, uh, and Barnabas is an encourager. And that's mm-hmm. what he does. Um, and by the way, um, Paul is going to praise Mark, John Mark. Uh, he's going to praise him at the end of some of his letters, like how useful he is to him. So mm-hmm. it's not like this argument that Paul's, uh, that Mark and Paul are always like uh, on opposite ends. Yeah. Each, each other. I love the fact that he's going to come back in, but in God's hands, he's going to go forth. So, so now Silas and Paul go out mm-hmm. and we get their story and they get to Derby and Lystra, which Paul's got to have some good memories. Like he's probably like rubbing his joints thinking oh man i I'm, I'm sore here oh yeah i got almost stoned to death here <laughs> and he's going back what, what that's gutsy you know mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty cool and he picks up timothy who uh godly mother and a greek father and the first thing he does is circumcise him and and i tell you folks just hear this they're on a journey to tell people you don't need to be circumcised and yet he circumcises somebody and i'm like oh my goodness is this do as i say you know do do you know, do not what i do mm-hmm. i mean why, if it's not important, why do it? And he says, so, you know, this won't be a stumbling block for anybody. Mm-hmm. If you're going to come with me, some of the Jews are going to have a hard time that you're not this way. But aren't you telling the Jews that they don't have to be circumcised or telling the Gentiles? Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I, what do you do with it? Okay. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, I think in God's wisdom, you know, I'll be all things to all people that I may win some to Christ is what Paul will say. And, you know, to the Jew, I'll be the Jew. To the Gentile, I'll be a Gentile. So he's really kind of trying to make sure that Timothy's not a, a stumbling block. But Yeah, I was kind of quickly reading the notes here down at the bottom. Uh, it says, although Paul adamantly resists the imposition of circumcision on Gentiles such as Titus, Timothy's status as the offspring of a covenantally mixed marriage would be questionable in the eyes of Jewish community. Rather than risking a hindrance to Timothy's ministry among those who might regard him as an uncircumcised Jew, Paul removes that obstacle. Yeah, so it was prudent, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's to all you who are just so black and white, mm-hmm. be careful. Mm-hmm. Because here they went with a black and white rule, you don't have to be circumcised. And yet it was, it was, it was prudent to mm-hmm. him. He would have been a stumbling block. So... This doesn't mean that we break God's law. I mean, if he says, don't murder, don't murder. I mean, but, you know, I mean, we can bend things to make it feel right. Like, hey, I am I love this woman. I might as well live with her. But the bottom line is, 
you know, there's there's wisdom, and mm-hmm. you, you know, the Holy Spirit's got to lead you. Mm-hmm. And so then it's interesting how they get to to Macedonia, right? I mm-hmm. mean, what's what's the Holy Spirit do? I mean, the Holy Spirit forbids them to speak in Asia, which, mm-hmm. by the way, Turkey. That's the area of Turkey. It's not what we think. And, mm-hmm. and please, folks, be praying for Turkey. I think I think I saw the number eleven thousand people were killed mm-hmm. so far in this earthquake. Oh, and then he forbids them to go. And mm-hmm. so I always wonder, Brooks, what was it like? What is it like for the Holy Spirit to forbid you to speak? Mm-hmm. What is it like for the Holy Spirit to keep you from going? Mm-hmm. You know, I know the action of the Holy Spirit on the Apostle Paul was different mm-hmm. in some ways than you and me. But that I, I just love thinking about that. What what was it like uh, for that to happen? I, I, I don't know. You mm-hmm. know. I don't know how he did it, but... And at the end there, they were called uh, through a vision with Paul to go to Macedonia. And again, that word that we keep bringing up is, and when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia uh, and realized that they were called to go preach there. Yeah. And and how how did God tell them? Through a dream. I mean, Mm -hmm. another thing that seems like outside our world, you Mm -hmm. know. But I've heard that dreams were used. I I met a, a Russian Jew in Israel who came to know Jesus while he was in the military for Russia, uh, he had a dream <laughs> and he, he and that Jesus was real. Now mm-hmm. he's got a, he's got a church in Haifa <laughs> and it's, it's just incredible. It's a, it's a messianic Jewish church, church. It's very mm-hmm. Jewish feeling, but you know, they celebrate Jesus Messiah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they keep going. Let's talk about it. So, so then you get into some important things in the second journey in Macedonia, you get Lydia, uh, the, the one who deals in purple, she's mm-hmm. rich and, she, uh, the Lord opens her heart. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a godly woman. She's there in prayer. But I loved, again, sovereignty of God. How did she here respond? Because the Lord softened her heart. I mean, mm-hmm. the Lord opened her heart, which is which is awesome. And mm-hmm. any, any thoughts on Lydia? You want to? Uh, you can keep moving on Lydia. Okay. I, I had the Paul and Silas imprisonment. I got you. you know, Lydia and her in her household. Uh, every baptism in, in, in 16 in, uh, was, was their household. Lydia mm-hmm. and her household gets baptized. You got this slave girl that you gets the demon cast out of her. Then mm-hmm. all the, all the uh, guys who own this slave girl were ticked because she was some kind of fortune teller, some kind of. They, she, she was essentially like a modern day stock picker, it sounds like. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Buy Apple in like <laughs> yeah, 2000. Exactly. That, and they're like, hey, you took away your powers. Like we're losing all this what money now. World? Exactly. <laughs> And exactly, that's exactly what happens. They lost their financial resource. Mm-hmm. So they throw Paul in prison. And, and I love the fact, what, what do Silas and Paul do when they're in prison? They sing. Sing hymns. Who in the world can sing? <laughs> There's got to be J-O-Y in your H-E-A-R-T for mm-hmm. you to be able to sing in prison. I don't know what a Philippian prison looks like, but... <laughs> I can't imagine it's any good. And can't imagine you'd want to sing in there or want to be put in there and want to sing. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember how God got him out? Uh, yes. He, he uh, It was an earthquake, right? Ooh, it's interesting. An earthquake. You yeah. Know, just right. And the doors open. You know, so remember what the Philippian jailer was going to do? He's like, uh-oh, I uh-huh. lost them all. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that was uh, usually in the little uh, notes down there. He said if you know if prisoners escape under your watch, you're pretty much immediately killed. Yeah. Um, it's that. Like, that, yeah. I mean, you basically you have one job as yeah. a prison keeper. Yeah. Don't let them escape. <laughs> and he let them all escape. You're not worried about your paycheck until your heart's <laughs> going to stop beating. But So he's about ready to kill himself. And it's interesting to me that, that Paul and Silas didn't run. Hey, we're all here. Mm-hmm. We're all here. You know, we haven't left. And I, I, I wonder why. I mean, I would, I'd want a fl- flight. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to open the doors. Remember Peter, they opened the doors for Peter. And he's like, is this a dream? He mm-hmm. thought he was always having a dream. 
But so the Philippian jailer sees all this and says, okay, tell me what I must have be saved. And he mm-hmm. preaches the gospel and he embraces Christ. How cool is that? And then he gets baptized, he and his family, So, mm-hmm. which is so cool. At the end there, it was interesting. I'm trying to find it, but um, they were saying how the, the magistrates wanted to just let Paul and Silas go. Like, you yeah. guys leave on your own. And they're yeah. like, no, we want to be walked out by you guys yeah, to yeah. let people know <laughs> that you let us free. Not yeah. that we escaped or anything like that. We want people to see that you let us but go. But do you know why? You know what they had. And you know what, Paul, he used it beautifully. He has, he's got his Roman citizens card. Mm-hmm. And it not I'm sure it wasn't really a card, but he would get beaten. He goes, hey, is it lawful? to beat a, Ro- a Roman citizen without a trial. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ooh, man, this guy's a Roman citizen. You're going to find out. And one guy says to him, hey, I spent a lot of money for that. And he's like, I was born a Roman citizen. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, he, they're going to use this like, hey, no, no, no. You, you put us in here under false pretenses. You can't just let us go away. Mm-hmm. We're going to come, come get us and parade us out. And uh, that's just kind of a... Uh, a bad butt move. I know. Paul, I, I read know. that. I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, awesome. to take us out, have your head down in shame because you wrongly imprisoned us. You oh, have to walk man. us out of the city exactly. gates. I think they had Queen We Are the Champions playing, <laughs> so something like that. Probably. I would but, think so. And then, you know, he leaves Thessalonica and goes to the Bereans and he praises them because he says they're noble. And they're noble because they heard the word of God and then they searched scriptures to see what Paul and Silas was saying is true. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that that's a good Berean. You know, mm-hmm. when you hear a sermon, when you hear something, you know, don't start, just go to scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. God says it's noble. I mean, just where does this fit? How does it fit? And which is fantastic. And again, then there's a stir up in that town that's going to drive Paul out first and Silas and Timothy are going to stay behind. And he goes to Athens. And as he's looking around Athens, all he sees is all these idols and all this worship. I mean, if you go to Athens even now, the Pantheon, I mean, there's so many cool temples that are mm-hmm. all over the place. And, you know, he's going to say, hey, you know, God doesn't live in something built by the hands of man. Mm-hmm. But he, Paul there, it's almost like his message is I'm proving that the Messiah must suffer in the synagogue. I have a message for the Jews. I have the message for the Gentiles. And these are Gentiles. But he says, I got a message. And he quotes the poets and the philosophers of that day and mm-hmm. that they're wrestling with. They knew. It's, it's, it's like awesome. It's like using t- what you hear on Twitter or, or, or whatever. You get something, some quote to use to prove the Messiah. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I loved what he said of... Paul talks of the resurrection and how God does not live in temples made by man, nor is he silver or gold. He's, like you said, walking around seeing all these idols and beautiful yeah. buildings and everything and people kind of praising the architecture, tangible things. It's there. He doesn't live in there. That's that's it, not God. And he was so wise. He says, I even saw uh, an inscription to an unknown God. And he was like, okay, this is my pathway. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about the unknown God to you who is the creator of heaven and earth, who mm-hmm. is the only God. And that was... So he, he takes he takes their surroundings, great circumstantial stuff. What mm-hmm. has God given you? Put 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 the gospel in baseball terms where you are. I mean, put it put it in where how do we make it home? You mm-hmm. know, I mean he he's our pinch hitter. You know, he we we, we strike out mm-hmm. where he he's gonna clear the bases and get us home. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and he that's where the context he uses, which was Beautiful and fantastic. Beautiful and fantastic indeed. Yeah. All right, Psalms. Psalms, here we go. We were through 24 through 29. I love 24 because the way it starts. You know, the earth earth is the Lord and uh, the fullness thereof, the world and all that contains in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to basically say, I might have had those mixed up. God is not only the creator, but he's the owner of all things. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, God is the owner of all things. Um, Let's not forget it. I mean, he is... 
the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein, and the earth and all that dwell within it. Is, is that, is that, is that oh, right? yeah, the earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For yeah. he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And he owns it. You know, mm-hmm. he's created it, he owns it, and we're his. And it is, uh, which is, let your kingdom come. And then I, I love the fact that he asked the question in Psalm 24. So who can, who can you know, go up on the holy hill? Mm-hmm. Only him who has a clean hands and a pure heart. And you're like, oh, dang. Scripture, <laughs> scripture says there's not one who's righteous. It's Psalm 14. It's Psalm 53. It's Romans 3. And here you have, um, you know, who, who, can, who can dwell with God? Who can go in there? Only one with pure hands and, and, and a, a clean hands and a pure heart. It's like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he is what's going to be said in Psalm 24, the Lord of glory, the Lord Almighty. Who is this? who opens up ancient doors and he opens up the doors of heaven. So beautiful Psalm in 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, when you, when you read the Bible reading, the one that we're doing now where you're in uh, new Testament or the, the uh, gospels, new Testament Psalms and Exodus or the old Testament, you see references to such as the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And a lot of references to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And that's who, you know, God revealed himself to first and how they reference back to those Old Testament people. They did. And it was all because in a lot of that, Brooks, is great, great uh, insight is it brings us back to covenant because mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to be your God and the God of your people. So mm-hmm. they're, they're claiming like, hey, wait a minute. God said something to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made promises that are still coming true or that we're still longing for. We are in relationship with God because he made a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we are as well. So it's really... Because as really you read cool. through Genesis, that first part, some of the stories are head scratchers of what's going on here. Like, well, And then as you read, continue reading through the Old Testament, how they reference back how God revealed himself to Abraham and Isaac and who kind of started everything and how exactly. they reference back to those people. And sometimes we'll just say the God of Jacob. I mean, mm-hmm. so, 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 it's, it's interesting. Yep. All right, so it's Psalm 25. To me, I always will think about that because it's something like, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Mm-hmm. Guide me in your truth and lead me. And mm-hmm. I, I just... I, I, I pray that prayer a lot, uh, just like, oh, Lord, please show me your ways, mm-hmm. you know, teach me. It's more than just show me, then you got to teach me, and then you got to guide me. And just so picture, picture the, how that unfolds. I see, you know, sh- let me see it, let me be taught it, and then grab my hand and maybe walk me through it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's go back to baseball. Okay, son, this is a ball, you got a bat, you know, I'm going to, you know, show you how this, this is, I'm going to throw that you're going to hit it, mm-hmm. I'm going to hear him teach you how to hold the bat. And then I'm going to stand behind you in the first few things and just swing at the ball with you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, man, we, we need to have our Father do that for us. V- very human emotions in there, too. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Of just crying out for help, like, please help me. Like, yeah. show me the path where I, what I'm supposed to do here, because yeah. I have no Amen. idea. Amen. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Anything else with 25? I think that's it with 25. 26, I mean, I'm not going to say a lot. Just, he says, I love the place where your glory dwells. But mm-hmm. 27, um, I love the way 27 starts off with, you know, it's, it's my, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Mm-hmm. The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? What should mm-hmm. I be afraid of? I mean, golly, if God is the light and Jesus is the light and the life of men, if he is our savior, you know, if he's our stronghold, Dang, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. it's going to go on to say, you know, the one thing I ask for is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and gaze on his beauty and it's seeking God's face. And again, I started the year with Psalm 27 of just mm-hmm. seeking him and 
you know, he says in that Psalm 27, even my mom and dad might betray me. They might, might have nothing, but if I got you, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's uh and that same theme we've talked about a few different times now of wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart mm-hmm. take courage. Wait for the Lord. Yeah. Amen. It ends up that like this, even look at the verse even before that. Uh, I believe I, that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah. So yeah, I have hope. I believe mm-hmm. that I should wait. I, I'm going to see this. I, I have faith, but I'm going to wait. So mm-hmm. it's so good. And then uh, Psalm 29 to me, um, is, if we can jump there, mm-hmm. is... Uh, is it's it's really it's it's like uh, the Lord's voice thunders over the waters and you know waters in the in the Bible is often chaos uh, you know the the, the uh, it's in the beginning the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters it's before there was order and before there was a create created order there's chaos and things when the flood comes it goes back to chaos uh, even the chaos we'll see of the Egyptians getting wiped out uh, in the waters of the Red Sea. Um, but it's great to know, listen, God's voice is over all the chaos. It's mm-hmm. no matter what happens in your life, God's voice is thundering over it. It might seem silent to you now, but I love how it says there, he sits enthroned over the waters, mm-hmm. over the many waters he's enthroned. And so and no matter how chaotic it gets in our life and our world, God is on the throne. Please, my brothers and sisters, hear that. I mean, there's going to be field times in your life. It's so chaotic right now. I cannot control what's going on in the world around me and the world within me. But God is enthroned over the waters. Mm-hmm. There's some powerful words there of the uh, yeah the, the God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Uh, yeah. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. I mean, yeah. just pretty pretty powerful. Pretty words. powerful. <laughs> if you keep going, it's even like he the voice causes the goats or the something give. The birth. voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Yeah, yeah. and Strips the fo- the forests bare. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, I mean that's a, that's a powerful voice. It man. is a powerful voice. That's it's for incredible. sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. A deep booming radio voice. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Brown, that's right. Well, here we go. We're finishing up ah, Exodus. Exodus, which I'm sure if you're following us, God bless you, or not us, if you're following through Scripture, you know, that was the heart of the reading. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they give us a little teeny piece every day of the gospel. Oh, or yeah. it, was, and, it was very heavy, heavy Exodus this time yeah. around, three chapters a day. Uh, Exodus, you know, uh, remember there's a pattern in the whole scripture of Exodus uh, from slavery to the promised land, mm-hmm. uh, salvation through uh, uh, a deliverer like Moses and mm-hmm. Jesus. So, but yeah, Moses, a pretty amazing uh, birth of Moses. And, mm-hmm. and you have... Uh, um, you know uh, Moses's story, which is amazing, and I, I love the fact of uh, um, how Moses was so reluctant. He was mm-hmm. so reluctant to to go. You know, mm-hmm. he's like uh, uh, to, to go back. I'm sorry, I kind of jumped forward, but he's like he made all these excuses. So mm-hmm. with the miraculous birth too of what was going on at that time, the the I'm trying to see here. But the more they were oppressed, talking about the Israelites by the Egyptians, the more they multiplied and spread abroad. And yeah. I just think of kind of the uh, uh, stereotypical Jewish mother that's very yeah. protective of her children yeah, yeah. and so you see in TV shows and everything yeah, like yeah. that because it talked about the Hebrew women gave birth to their sons before the midwives could even show up because yeah. Pharaoh was trying to stop the spread of the Israelites uh, yeah. before it kind of got out of control. I love it. The plans of men are not going to succeed against God's plans. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to make sure they don't. And so here God's people are growing, but even even in slavery and you have you have Moses kind of figures, has the same pattern. He although it's a miraculous birth, Jesus mm-hmm. had a miraculous birth. 
he was kind of, he was saved. He was saved uh, at a time of, of being kids being killed. So mm-hmm. it was Jesus, the flight to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, him, you know, trying to. It, it's incredible who nursed who nursed Moses. It was actually his own mother. I mean, it was Pharaoh's daughter who just God's sovereign hand of getting all these things to work is so daggum beautiful. And yet here's Fer- here's Moses raised in Pharaoh's household, you know, mm-hmm. learning all the things, but he chooses, he'd rather choose to be, you know, abused with his own people than the riches of, of uh, Egypt. But, you know, trying to be the mediator of, of uh, an argument mm-hmm. turns out to killing somebody, turns out to who are you to be our mediator? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny he says that. I mean, this is this is God's provision of your mediator, mm-hmm. uh, yet they didn't want him. And so he goes off to exile and you know, he's living away um, in fear for his life. And then uh, that whole burning bush thing is, again, there's so much there, but God reveals his name of Yahweh. And God says, listen, I, I've heard their moaning. I heard their cries. It's time for me to act. My promises are coming true. We're going to go back to the promised land. I'm going to use you to go. I'm going to I'm gonna mess with Pharaoh. I'm going to mess with the gods of the, of the Egyptians. I'm going to harden his heart. So he doesn't do this right away because I want him to see the full bore of my wrath. I want him to see everything. We're going to mock the gods of the frog gods and the Nile gods. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to, the sun God, we're going to bring darkness. We're going to do all these things. And lastly, that's going to be that firstborn son. We're going to take care of. He's going to drive you out. You're going to plunder him. But I, I, I love, uh, I love to hear that God has revealed himself as a covenant God, Yahweh. It's the first time we hear the name Yahweh. I, I am I am who I am. I will be who I will be. This this name Yahweh, this covenant name that it's translated Lord. Charlie talked about it in his sermon. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's a very important term for us. And then you have Moses' reluctance, like, right, I'm going to send somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't talk very well. I'm not very good. I'm old. I mean, I'm 80. What the heck? Send somebody else. And uh, <laughs> A and, slow mouth is what he said. Yeah. He's like, I'm not a great speaker. I, yeah. I don't want to do this. I got a slow mouth. And what does God say? Hey, who created your mouth? I know, but send somebody else. <laughs> you know? And uh, and I love he says, hey, Moses, what's in your hand? Ah, it's a, it's a, it's a staff. Throw it to the ground. It's a snake. You know, pick it back up. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, so, I, I, to me... It's not the staff, it's what's in your hand. Brooks, what is in your hand to serve the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, what is in my hand to serve the Lord? Those of you who are listening, what does God put in your hand? Use that. You don't have to become anything other than use what God has given you to just serve him, you know? And if it's uh, if you're right now uh, working at Chick-fil-A, God bless you and, and work at Chick-fil-A. If right now you're staying home raising kids, God bless you. That's what's in your hand. Right now you're in school, that's what's in your hand. Or, you know, right now, wherever you are, um, don't be reluctant. God is the one who's gifted you and, and go. So you got to be present, be where your feet are. Can't, can't. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's good. Be where your feet are, man. Mm-hmm. And then we got this whole, you know, the Passover at the end of this, which is the, you know, the sacrificial lamb and how amazingly that points to Jesus of a spotless lamb whose blood will cause death to pass over you, you know, mm-hmm. and this, you know, the spotless lamb that will, will cover you and will save you and will rescue you. And, um, you know, it's just a, an amazing story um, of, of, of that Passover supper and eating mm-hmm. in haste and being all ready to go. And, and, uh, and man, they did not want any leaven anywhere other. Anybody, <laughs> no, they did not. Throw them out, man. If you've got any leaven in the camp, you're out. You're, you're out of here. Um, and, you know, it's amazing how often people grumbled. You know, they get mm-hmm. they grumble all along. They get to the Red Sea like, oh, geez, here we go. Here comes Pharaoh's army, you know. <laughs> 
And then, and this was not a, a small, you know, gathering of people. No, man, uh, this it, is. It, it says that it was six hundred thousand, besides women and children. Yeah. So we're looking at over a million people, yeah, probably yeah, here, yeah. and animals. And, and you don't think about that, like that far back of a gathering of that many people. You yeah. think of smaller villages and oh, everything, yeah. but Nomads. a migration of basically, I don't know how big Orlando is, um, yeah. of a whole city like that, of a city of Orlando or Raleigh, I think is around a million people. Think about them just moving across the country. Can you imagine? Walking. Yeah. With your animals and everything else. <laughs> and you can imagine all the people complaining in there. You know, There's going to be a lot of complainers of walking through the desert in that group. Yeah, not having water. We're going to see that, but... You know, but you had you had the pillar, of, you had the cloud during the day and the pillar of fire at night mm-hmm. of God's presence, and yet you're still grumbling. And you want to say seriously? I mean, how do you miss that? How do you miss the plagues? And I want to say, how many things do we miss and we still grumble? But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. And then you got this, you know, the passing of the Red Sea. It's so beautiful that God's people go over on dry land. And then and that's referenced multiple times of they walked through on dry ground. They yeah. walked through on dry ground. I yeah. think it was at least three or four times yeah. they said that explicitly. Dry ground and there were walls of water on each side. Oh, it's, it's incredible. I'd love to see it. I guess... Prince of Egypt, you know. I was gonna, I was gonna say. Now looking back of it and reading through this now, Prince of Egypt, I'd say did a pretty good yeah, job, a pretty of, good job of showing everything. Yeah. I think it was pretty historically accurate, yeah. and they didn't add in any extra Hollywood stuff in there. No. It was a really good movie. It was a good movie, and it's an even better story. So, and I, and then so let me let me just say that what I love in this passage is the parallel of Pharaoh hardening his heart during the plagues. Mm-hmm. And God hardening his heart. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, who's doing it? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. You know, Pharaoh hardens his heart, but God hardens his heart. And mm-hmm. so you see a God's sovereign hand over all of it. And God would not, he, it was, there were going to be 10 plagues. And, and Pharaoh couldn't say, uh, tap out at five. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he had to go through all 10. Mm-hmm. Because God had to, had to bring judgment against all of, and again, we, we don't realize the, the Egyptian gods were being judged in these plagues. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, what they worship, the sun, the Nile, frogs, or whatever weird things that they were worshiping. It, it just all 10 of them, you know, they, they it seems to be different fears that people have. Oh, yeah. You know, turning the staff into a snake, people fear snakes. Yeah. Nile into blood, frogs, gnats, flies, yeah. <laughs> your livestock die, you're, you're, you yeah. get rid of your food, your health storms, goes away, you boil. Yeah. Hail with storms, locusts again stealing yeah. food, darkness, people just being afraid of darkness, yeah. and then the ultimate one, obviously, of losing a child. It's just uh, different fears that anyone could ever yeah. go through. Yeah, and the fulfilling. It's mm-hmm. so true. And so, you know, shows God how he really is mighty with an outstretched arm, and, a, you know, then the strength of the Lord, he's going to redeem his people. He redeems us by the outstretched arms of Jesus, and that's so beautiful. The ultimate one who's led us out of slavery uh, slavery of sin and in toward the promised land but yeah so you have the sovereignty of god with that heart issue and uh and then i think it ends here with the manna provision of god who providing bread from heaven Mm -hmm. for his people and the ultimate bread of heaven is jesus uh, the bread of life but Mm -hmm. yeah that had to been there's some description of there it's had to be some sweet bread i I bet (laughs) it would have tasted very very good but they got sick of it. Yeah, and they got sick of it. They, they, of they, they wanted more. Yeah, give us something different. You know. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that's a lot. I know that we've covered a lot. Anything mm-hmm. else that you want to chat? I about? think that's good. I think we we pretty much got everything in there. We nailed it. <laughs> Um, and you know, last week's uh, I was off. Charlie did a great I know. job. Yeah, you show. did get a Sunday morning off. So a little bit. 
which was good. I mean, uh, especially having that memorial service. I appreciate that. And they, this week we start a new sermon series through the book of Colossians. It'll go all the way through June. We'll preach right through the whole book. And I'm, I'm naming it, giving it the name, The Gospel Truth. Mm-hmm. And so in Colossians, it really shows the supremacy of Christ. It shows the gospel bearing fruit. Um, it, it, it gives us some great practical stuff. So this is a letter that Paul wrote to a church that he didn't start this church. Colossae was founded by somebody else. You know, most of the churches he writes to, he started it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, and it's it's really close. It's in a cool area. Uh, I've been to the area in, in Turkey. It's near Laodicea, uh, Hierapolis. It's, it's in a kind of a cool little Pamukkale um, mm-hmm. area. But anyway, um, great letter. So jump in. We'll, we'll, we'll start this Sunday with the gospel truth. And uh, I'm excited about that. Um, if you, if you can't, Come join us if you're nearby. We'd love to have you. If not, you can always pick these up up online. Uh, you can join us, uh, stream online. Um, yeah, and then this weekend, hey, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Who are you going for? Um, I, I'm going to ride with my buddy Eric Sexton. Uh, Eagles are in the Super uh, yeah, Bowl, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't want good him to you. be sad. So oh, we'll, yeah, we'll good ride for you. with the Eagles. That's a good friend, Brooks. <laughs> Uh, don't tell him. I'm going to go AFC. Uh, okay, there so, you go. So, yeah. There you go. Unless he comes watches at our house, and I'll go for the <laughs> Eagles. But we're going to have a Super Bowl party. Uh, so anybody who wants to come would love to have you. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a cool evening, so I'm going to have a fire going there we go. on the I love outside that. TV. Love and so uh, it should it should be good. So, um, yeah. Let me think. Anything else uh, really? I mean, KC groups are up and going. We're going to start KC in the AM on the 19th. Charlie's going to be preaching through some uh, theological distinctives uh, or teaching through, which I think will be fantastic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Great stuff. Jump, jump in, in, jump in, jump in. Come see us. Jump into a KC group. There's still time. And, Absolutely. Uh, we'll see you guys Sunday. Sounds great. Hey, another great morning. Thank you, Brooksy. See you guys.